Hello again, and welcome to 177 Nations of Tasmania podcast. Fiji is probably the best known of the small Pacific Island nations, and it is one of the larger in both area and population. So perhaps not surprisingly, the Fijian community is also the largest of the Pacific Island communities, excluding New Zealand, of course, in Tasmania. Yet apart from knowing it as an idyllic holiday destination, how much do Tasmanians know about the culture and the people of the Fijian community? My guest for this episode, Mariani, I hope will enlighten you all further with her story of growing up in a village on the main island of Fiji and then eventually meeting a Tasmanian man and coming to what turned out to be a much colder place than she expected. And like many migrants, there have been things Mary has had to adapt to over the years, not least of all Australian English, but also there are certain Fijian values that she still holds on to. So I hope in the following episode of this podcast, you'll learn more about Fiji and the Fijian culture. in a village near Suva, which is about th- uh, half an hour drive in a car from my village to Suva. So it wasn't too far in the interior, so it was, it was um, a village that's quite um, central. Mm-hmm. A lot of things that we need, if we don't have it at home, the market is close by. And uh, buy from the market, the other side of that is we plant a lot or we gather a lot and sell them there for, okay. for money yeah, to the market. So it's it's very convenient. I mean, uh, thinking about a lot of villages pass, you know, are up in the interior that take them days to get to, to our village or days to get to the town. While I was brought up with um, the six of us kids. I'm the last, last in the pegging order, so myself and then the youngest girl. Brought up in a very religious family. Mm-hmm. Yes, my, my parents were there for us all the time and um, make sure that we never go without anything. And uh, there's always families around. I mean, the village that I come from is just just my my family and other my extended family make up this village. I remember my aunties and my uncles and all that. They were all all there whenever you need something. So you never go without. At the same time, you're disciplined by them. You never turn, you know, your, their problem is your problem, is mum and dad's problem. And same with the celebration. If they celebrate about something, it means everybody goes into a party and sitting up at night. Yeah, so there's a real collective collective mentality of, of group responsibility. It is, it is, it is. And I think I carry that right throughout until I come over here. In the early age, I went to boarding school where it was talked about again that what we have and always look at other people and don't ever ever think that you're better than the person looking at you or person next to you you know and always there's a lot of very good grounding i mean and coming over here and having children of my own i always think you try and put that across but it's very different from there you listen you don't you know you don't while i see coming here 
you kids try and listen, but there's always distractions. Yeah. Growing up, there's hardly any distractions. You stay home with your family and you're told you live under my roof. Mm-hmm. You do. I mean, you're very independent. You can have your say in the family, but it's depending. You have very much listen a lot. Don't talk a lot. Mm-hmm. Talk when you have to. And is there a kind of uh, hierarchy in the Fijian society? Very much, very much. Apart from your immediate family hierarchy, there's always in the family itself. Because, as we all know, there's lots of chiefs there. You're born as a chief where you lead the family and you lead by lead by actions, you know. You don't just say, I am this. But the chiefs are always there and you almost crawl to the ground when you, you, they're served. You know, they drink first, they eat first, a lot of things that are done. I mean, these days it's a bit flexible. Mm-hmm. But when I was brought up, you you do... You do that to the chiefs, chiefs and their family. So if 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 you're a daughter of a chief, that you carry that with you, you know, because you don't choose to be one. What did your family live from, actually, in the village? Uh, in in the village, uh, financially, my father was working. He mm. was working for the government for a little while as um, as a forester. So he, they go out and look at um, different trees, different species of trees and work with the villagers in regards to their land and what timber is, you know, timber that they can use to for money, to be logged and all that. And then he left, he left work to farm. It's we had a lot of land. We had a lot of land to use, so my father left work and came and be a farmer. So we sold a lot of our um, crops from the farm to the villagers. I mean, they used to come home and say, "Well, here's some money. Can we have some some food like dal and all of those?" For the week, and then that's the money that they give us, is the money that we buy things that we need, like sugar. And But apart from that, we we were just um, eating off what Dad grows and what Ed, yeah, he gets home for us to eat. Yeah. But money wasn't uh, a big issue for our family. Mm-hmm. I, you know, thinking back now, because there was a lot of times we... Go to the market. I go to the market with Dad, and we have to sell if we have some leftovers at at home. And we live. Our village is near a river too. And in that river, there's always fish that you can sell. There's shellfish you can sell. And most of the time, you don't even have to go to the um, the markets to sell them. People know that you have that there, so they come mm-hmm. to buy it off. You know, sometimes you're there in the river and then people are yelling out, hey, what time are you finish? Because we want some. Mm-hmm. So pressure. So that's the sort of um, support we get financially as a family. I remember one of the brothers, because our brothers, the three boys are older than the three girls. So the two brothers worked quite young. Mm-hmm. 
So they support the family financially too in regards to school fees and school uniforms for us girls and then for the family. Because it, it is an obligation, it's a big obligation. Mm-hmm. And parents seems to hover around you, you know, not asking, just make sure that you do do what you were taught, mm-hmm. which is you go and work. You don't have to give all your pay, just, you know, a little bit to help mom and dad. Yeah. And my brothers were very good at that. Mm. Yeah, so that's just an expectation. It is very much an expectation. So on paydays, it's not all yours. Yeah. Because they have, there's little bits of financial obligations at home. It's a church that you have to give in every, every, every Sunday you go to church. Whatever that you can. There's school fees at the village. There's no free education. Okay. I always worry about that. I always think if I ever have time to go back home, I'll go and suggest that to have free education. I mean, mm. it was about $2. When I was going to school, I think it was $2 a term. Uh-huh. Mm. And that $2 can buy something for the family. So you've been back a few times and seen, have there I been a lot, have. Of, lot of changes? A lot of changes, a lot of changes. I mean, the changes, changes here, back home, there's a lot of changes. You know, with the TVs. We never had TV when we were growing up. Mm. Now, my younger sister have got a TV in our house where when invites a lot of, you know, so the house itself is not just the family house. Seems like everybody comes in there when there's a show on, mm-hmm. and the rugby is on. Yeah, it's not just inside, outside. Any little bit of gap on the house, you know, there's eyes coming through there. <laughs> so I made sure when I go over, make sure that everybody has has time for the for the TV. If TV is important to them, go and do your jobs first at home. So you tell everybody that you're going to be there. We build a, a shed, just like a um, yeah, shed outside with a screen so everybody can, especially when, when there's things that they like is on. The electricity is the thing. And my sister said, just put a, a, a bowl for them to put a dollar or so for the electricity. I said, don't worry. Yeah, it makes them happy. I mean, it's a community thing. So it is. That's the thing that have changed. In the church, it's changed. The schools, the schools is the big thing with the computers and all that. Because I remember when I was going to school, I didn't see computer till I went to boarding school. That's where they have the computers. Now, computers everywhere in the primary school. So it's wonderful. What I was more interested in is, do you have somebody that looks at it if the key doesn't write? You know, so they have some maintenance. Um, they said, oh, no. As soon as it stops, nobody uses them. So they put them on our side. Well, that's no use. And, you know, it's the same as back in Australia. You, you've got to try and find somebody that can repair it mm. as soon as it breaks down. Yeah. Otherwise, it gathers downstairs. So as a Fijian, even though you're outside the country, you still feel a, a bit of an obligation to people yes, back home. Yes, very much, very much. And I've got other Fijian women here that are uh, similar, in a similar situation. They have, we have families back home and we were brought up in a village. 
Maybe if you're brought up in the city, it's a bit different. Mm. When you're brought up in the village, it makes you very happy to, to, to be able to provide or support, support them. Yes. It doesn't have to be major. Mm-hmm. So we're talking little things. You know, a sewing machine. That's one thing. Mm. I always ask my sisters, you share, try and make it a community thing. If you have a sewing machine or a nice pot where you can cook a, a whole, uh, you know, a lot of food, make sure, you know, you have it. If somebody come and ask, you can put down what you'd like, you know, like make sure it's nicely washed and nice and clean before you... You, you bring it back, but make sure that the community can have access to it. But my younger sister said, oh, people, you know, they don't look after things like I do. Mm. I said, oh, talk, talk with them. So that's the sort of thing I look forward to going right to the village when I go. So in October, I make sure that I'll stay there for a little while, a bit longer this time mm-hmm. before I come back. So when you were at school, like uh, probably at, at say high school, uh, mm. what did you did you have any idea of what your future might be? My high school was all at boarding school. Mm-hmm. I didn't have any goals at all. What was in my mind at that time was to help my family. I have a lot. Uh, we have a lot of land that some families don't have. Mm-hmm. So I thought, well, if I can go back to the family and be there and support mum and dad as maybe a farmer or have have a business there where I can do both. Have the pride in having that, grow some more and find support my family financially a bit and marry a strong man <laughs> that can help me. Yeah. And I had it all planned in my mind but never a thought of going into nursing, because most of my friends have that thinking, going into nursing. Okay. But I wasn't. I wasn't interested in anything apart from going back home. So what did you do when you when you finished school? When I finished school, I went to, I like TAFE over here. Okay. Look. I want to start off with that and go to uni and did teaching. Mm-hmm. Teaching was, was what I, I thought that would be good, because if I do teaching... I can teach somewhere still in in a village or somewhere that it doesn't... I don't have to teach in the city. You know, that will be a mixture of what I'd like to do. And that's, that's what I did. I, w- I went into TAFE for a little while, and then I left. I just didn't think it was for me. Okay. Mm. So I went back and stayed home. Stayed home and I thought, well, time to look at newspaper, Mariani. You need to work. You know, you're not helping your parents. Your parents are still looking after you like they did when you were at school. So try and look for work. So what I did was looking in the papers, uh, Fijian paper and the Fiji Times, which was all in English. And I was lucky one day there was position vacant and it had dancers. They were wanting some traditional dancers, so young women that okay. can be taught that. So when I saw the people, the name of the people that were advertising, I knew straight away the place that... So I did, I did ring them up and then I organized for an interview. And they, and I got the job. It was a, on, um, 
at the dance theater of Fiji was called. So it's traditional dancing and it's performing to visitors that come, so tourists. Okay. And had you, had you done much dancing before that? No. All oh, right. No, at boarding school, there's always, there's always dancing, traditional dancing when there's a school birthday mm-hmm. or some occasions. But there's, there's, I've never done that there. There's only other girls did it, yeah. So, so that's, yeah, that, that's how I, I got in. And then I, I worked, worked there for two years. And then I thought, no, you know, there's men here who are looking for, are looking for wives. <laughs> I was really pressured into getting married when I was there because there's other people, I think there are other dancers there. That's, that's their goal is here. I can find a girl here and then I'll, yeah. And I told my mom, I said, no, mom, this is a bit, and they're older men. Mom said, oh, just go, just leave it. One, one day you come home for the weekend and just don't go back and give them a call on Monday. And I said, well, that'll be back to square one. Mom said, you'll keep looking. You found a job then. But I was, you know, she didn't, she didn't push me to, uh, you know, to one side. Leave it all to me. You decide, you know. And then I thought, well, I'll just stay home again. I rang them up and said, no. I said, oh, come, because we were going to, there's, there's something coming up and we want you to be part of it, which is a tour that we do coming to Market, Martin Place in Sydney, mm-hmm. stay there for two weeks in Sydney, and then go to Japan. So it was a tour. And I said, no, just come, and then we'll talk about it and see where it goes from there. They've picked three girls and six boys to be part of the group. They've had the names there, and one of a good friend of mine was part of the group too. So I said, hmm. It's a good idea. So I'll stay again. So I was on and off in that dancing group I was. Mm-hmm. But in between the on and off, when I met my husband. So I cut out from the tour altogether and come to Tasmania. And look, <laughs> brought me to the cold. <laughs> mm. So how did, how did that all happen? How did you meet? He was part of the, the group that came over and watched the um, traditional performance. Mm-hmm. And then we went out and then met, met, met them at where they were staying, at the, the hotel. So we went out after work for a drink and, and then the rest is history. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but how did he persuade you to come to uh, somewhere like Tasmania? Well, good question. <laughs> I think in the end, I didn't even know about Tasmania. I thought it was Tanzania. Okay. And, and then I thought, well, you know, he said in Australia. Mm-hmm. So he, he, I remember him telling me that it's going to be cold. Not too cold, but cool. Cooler than this. Yeah. He lied to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I thought... He convinced me, you know, whatever you want, I'll look after you. And I thought, okay, well, give it a go. Give it yeah. a go and see, and see. And my dad, we had to do all the traditional thing. When he asked me, I had to, to break it to my family that this is what I'm, I'm wanting. I've already said yes to him. Mm-hmm. I have to do all the hard work after that, especially my dad. I told mom first. And mom said, 
good for you, mm-hmm. you know. Do what that tells you. If it says go, go. Mm-hmm. I'll support you, mom said. But dad was quite the opposite. Okay. Yeah, dad was a big N.O. You're a bad-tempered person and I know you. And you know something, they have guns. Because dad is a vet, you know, she, he is very much, he fought against the Japanese. So any Japanese that he sees, whether he goes, he's very, very, he's not, he's, he's not, he doesn't change dad in regards to that. So he told me that, said, with the temper you've got, you know that they have guns lying over there if you try and make him upset. You know, you're all right if you stay here in Fiji and marry somebody here. So if you have an argument, you can always come home to us. Mm. So it makes sense, Dad, makes sense. He knows me better than... So he's saying no, and I think for me, the more he says no, the more I said to myself, yes, I'm going. Okay. As long as I... If they were both, and it would have been a different story, I think, if both of them told me that. No. But, you know, Mom was saying go. I support mm-hmm. you with that. Mm. And then Dad turned around later on okay. and agree and said, well, there's a lot of things that you need to know. Change your attitude and um, learn to compromise. And uh, I listened to that and said, I promise. And we did that. They did. had a big party at home and it was time to come. Didn't spend a lot of time after we got married and all that. Mm. And so what were, your, what were your initial impressions of Tasmania? Isolation was a big thing. Mm-hmm. Hardly any, any, anybody else but white faces. Yep. Yes. Because this was 1983, wasn't it? It was 1983. Yep. So I have to get it right. My first impression to the family was okay and them to me. But one thing I get mixed up all the time was... How everybody looks the same. I think white people have the <laughs> okay. same problem when they go overseas to, you know, coloured places. Everybody seems to look alike or look the same. Mm-hmm. And that's my problem. I go to Kmart, the same person. Okay. And going to Pizza Hut, the same person. So I always ask, Habi, uh, let's go, let's go somewhere like the beach where there's not many people so I can just sit down and have me time so work out this everybody was exactly the same you say mm-hmm. hi here and oh hi and then oh, i was talking to her the other day remember no that's it's not that person <laughs> so i keep getting that get it right mary that's different that's not, <laughs> not the same person it's a different lady to me they're all the, all the same <laughs> mm. so i had that big mistake but I loved it, loved it in the beginning, even though it was cold. You know, that's my, my own thing. Uh, I said to myself a lot of times, you know, you could have gone somewhere where it's nice and warm, or you, you didn't even have to leave Fiji and just stay home and be happy. But you wanted this man, you wanted to leave Fiji, and this is the consequences of all that, you know, get a grip. So, I made sure that I made, can make it comfortable for myself, mm-hmm. which is getting the heaters happening. It was good that um, they had a fireplace. So it was, I was making sure that I, I'm warm and dressed warm 
And Habi was good with that, making sure that, um, you know, I'm comfortable enough to want to stay. Because yes. he still was unsure afterwards whether I'm just, you know, I'm not going to stay. I think that's the thing in his mind. If, she, if she's really adamant about going back home, I'll make sure she goes. Or he come and live there with me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so that's when I come over here, I thought we'll stay and see where life takes us from here. And within the first year, I had my first baby. When I first arrived here, that's one another thing. Mm-hmm. He's listening to the talking because I couldn't get any of the... When he has his mates there, they used to play cricket, they used to do a lot of things. Because he worked night shift. Mm-hmm. He worked, he was a shift worker at the Mercury. He was working at the Mercury. Okay. So most of his family worked there. And his mates used to come to our unit and talk, have a beer after cricket. And I used to go into the bedroom and be... And just listen to what they, what are they saying? Mm-hmm. So it took me a while to sort of really hear. Listening was was or I said no, because back in Fiji we speak English, so we speak the Queensland English, mm-hmm. because that's how you know we're taught. Even the the teachers, and because we were before independence, everybody you know we were the the British were everywhere in Fiji in regards to teaching businesses and all of that so it took took me a while to sort of get what uh, what they were talking about mm-hmm. and because in between then there was a lot of slang yeah so something that i have to work out myself when i had my babies i got my mom here uh-huh. to help me mom wasn't uh, wasn't in, in uh, I mean, it was an effort for me, but my older sister told me, you need to do it because you can't have your baby. If it's not a white way of life, it is our way of life. So it's all right. They can't say no to you. And Harvey can't say no either. I said, well, I'll, I'll tell him. He said, that's it. Tell him. Don't ask him. <laughs> <laughs> so mom came over when I first had, had my, when I had my first one. She was so helpful, and thinking about it, you know, I couldn't. There's little bits and pieces that Harvey can do, but mom sharing. There's a lot of stories she had. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was never close to mom as such because boarding school is a big time of my life. The only time I see mom is holidays, and holidays, this and this. Mom packs the bag, suitcase is ready, you know, back to school. School, 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 back to the village, and when you're there, it's everybody. No, no time that you have, you know, quality time with mom. So when she was over three times, when I have the, the, my children, she shared a lot about her family, even her family, because I've never seen her dad, my grandfather on her side, mm-hmm. maternal grandfather, because she said there was a lot. She came from a family that was quite dysfunctional. Okay. Yeah. Her father remarried Mm -hmm. and was never a good relationship between the new wife plus mom and mom. So that way, mom was always buffed off to go and babysit or, you know, if somebody has a new child, mom goes 
and help there. And that's what happened to mom. Her auntie had a baby and she came to help and then she met dad. Okay. Mm. So she shared that with me and I didn't know that. And I don't think any of my sisters, now that I learn about quality time, it was a good thing for me when I worked in the Aboriginal community, how things are passed down. Mm. And I've seen the gaps a lot when I go home. And I made sure I spent a lot of quality time with my two sisters. Yes, and, and talk to them about some of the things because mum's not around. You know, there's, there's a lot of things that she shared with me. I know there was some stuff that stays with me until, because that's just between mum and I. Yeah, but there's a lot that they must know, should know, and then they've got daughters too that they can... It's a, something that's special about having sisters. I mean, it sounds like there are quite a few uh, cultural differences between Fiji and Fijian culture and, and Australia. What, what are some of the bigger ones that you would have noticed? The community one is a big thing for me. If somebody's wanting something, you know, that you do, you do put out a hand, you know, you know, you know, you, are you okay? I mean, you see, I mean, now it's quite different now. You can do it because a lot of times people have made it, have made it. Because I worked, when I worked here, when I first started working, I worked in a community organisation and um, make everything to everybody's business because I work in a family violence field mm -hmm. all my working time here. And I like it because we can go and do community ed and even in our community itself. When it comes to particular issues, say for example that with family violence, it is really, it's like treated the same back home. But when you live in a village, it's very different. Because mm. everybody can see what's happening. There's not much time to yourself. Your time is time with family, cousins and so when they say you're sad, you want to tell us. You don't have a choice of, oh, no, you know, I'm okay. No, you're not. Yeah. What's wrong with you? And then it goes until you open the door. If not, then we'll start, not, you know, we'll keep, keep on you until you open it. Hmm. And it is like that. I think over here, there's no persistence in that. You're... I've, I find it um, that I miss that uh, being able to be alone because at the village there's always noises quite early in the morning. People are... Um, it is just the way it is. I just have to get used to it. Yeah. I forgot that's how I was brought up. You know, just in the morning you don't start filling up the, the you know, turning or cooking or rattling in there until it's it's at eight o'clock or so you know mm. you don't go do that at half past five in the morning so i'm trying to find the word that um with that to answer that question of yours in regards to the the big the big difference and that learn the um, your private time you know like um, yep. you don't have a lot of that when you're back home okay while here you can just go and sit in your bedroom and tell her, listen, I just want to be alone. Yeah. And he'll leave you alone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's no alone time back home. 
Yeah, so I guess that's the that's part of the the pros and cons of those things. You 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 are you're very supported and connected yes. in the Fijian village, but you don't have it, your privacy. No, there's no such thing. There's no such thing. I mean, it is it has its good and bad too. Hmm. I quite enjoy my my profit because I'm quite, and the kids will give to me that big thing. Oh, loser. <laughs> Because I can go to the movies. I like my own company a lot of times. Yeah. Mm. I make it good for myself. You know, I don't don't go and be a loser and think that I'm lonely. I go and do that. But the kids seem to think that. I mean, I think, I don't know, that must be the Australian way of thinking. Yeah, loser, loser. Because I can get up, drive the car and go somewhere and, and really enjoy myself. It gives me that pleasure of being able to reflect. Yeah, yeah. The reflection time is quite important for me. Mm. I don't have enough enough time to do a lot of reflection because it gives me a, a good start to whatever that's going to happen. New Year's is big back home because we go singing around houses. What we used to do, we get get the group and then we sing. We go to your house, we sing outside, and then people will splash water on oh, you. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a water time. Okay. Mm, New Year's. You, you can only splash water on others from the 1st to about the 15th or the 20th. There's, there's formal things that are, that are done to, to, to show people that, oh, it's done, you can't splash water anymore. Oh, okay. Yeah, well, it started now, so you can do it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So I look forward to that. The kids love it. Even when you're in the resorts, mm-hmm. you go, yeah, they'll, they'll splash water on you when you don't expect it, when you least expect it. Okay. So when you're waiting for the bus or waiting to go somewhere, just make sure that you take an umbrella with you or you're somewhere under the tree where nobody can see you. But it is, it is a beautiful time of the year. And the thing too, we go to church every night okay, on that yeah. time. So there's groups of kids are always very good waiting outside the church with all their buckets. Oh, right. Yeah, for young ones, that's they have they start, so they are really keen on staying there. They know if the people are coming out and they see the young ones, they won't run. Mm. Mm, they'll just stand there and be splashed. <laughs> okay. mm. So yeah. Christmas is Easter. One thing I find too that it is the time on the Christmas, Easter, New Year, time when the family get together is the time when they plan their dues, you mm-hmm. know, family dues. Mm-hmm. Because I see that and I always remember saying that at home, well, why don't we just celebrate without having to worry about that? And mom used to say, well, it's the only time we can get your cousin and all that working at the another side of the island to come together. It's this time, so so people, you know, they want to kill two birds with one stone. Come and celebrate, you have to do this. Yeah. So, and every day is a good day back there. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're pulling a long face, that's just because you want to pull a long face. <laughs> There's other things that you can do to get that away from you. Mm. Yeah. Yes. Well, I, I think I, yeah, isn't friendliness is a big part of 
Fijian culture. It, it is, it is, it is. And sharing, yeah. sharing, sharing in every way, sharing the little thing you have, sharing what you have, uh, practically sharing and emotionally share, sharing that too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, okay. it's very important. It lightens the burden. I see that yeah. a lot. And I encourage it when I go back. Yeah. When I, when I say that, because people don't see it in them, you know, people don't see it with... When you have it, you don't really see it unless somebody's walking past. Say, oh, you have that. Mm, didn't realize. And you go and then say, yes, he's right. I do have that. Mm. And then you have to work on that. Uh, you can share it. 